She said, my husband feared God. In other words, this is one that was not just a godless man. But I find myself in this status. I find myself in the middle of this thick adversity. I'm going through adversity. If my husband was righteous, we led, we served his God. We served his God together with my two sons. <laughs> then she goes deeper, still building a case. And she says, the reason why we are standing before you, Elisha, prophet of God or man of God, is because my husband had some debts. He took some money, probably for development or for business venture, or to build a, or to improve the church sanctuary, or for buying, he bought some assets or liabilities. And now that he is gone, he left the debt unpaid. And the creditors have been on me. There are people today who when their phones ring, they don't pick it up. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. But I'm talking about some people who have switched their phones off. Not for a week. Not for two weeks. But for longer. There are several people that have gone and changed their phone numbers. So that when the creditors call you, when the repossession guys call you, when the auctioneers call you, or when the landlord, the most of it all is the landlords. When the landlord calls you, you are the mobile subscriber cannot be reached. Ama mteja unayemtaka apatkan kwa sasa. Why? You used to, your phone used to ring and you jump out of your seat and go grab it and say hello, even before checking the number that is calling you. Today you don't want to. A lot of people don't want to answer their phones because it could be the landlord. It could be the car company. It could be the mortgage company. It could be somebody you owe something. The woman said, the creditors have sold everything that they can sell. They have taken whatever they can take. And to do, and the only thing that is remaining today are my two sons. The threat for this woman was the loss of her two sons. They were to be taken to be slaves. And that was our worst nightmare or adversity for that moment. But the Bible says in verses 2, the prophet of God looked at that woman <laughs> and he did what everybody is doing today. <laughs> Husbands are looking at their wives and they're asking them the most difficult question. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> what do you expect me to do? Wives are looking at their husbands and they ask them the same question. What do you expect me to do? We are all limited. We are all here. What do you expect me to do? Children are equally asking their parents the same question. What do you expect me to do? 
For the first time, we are all in one basket. But God is not in a basket. Jehovah God is not limited to space. He is not limited to travel. He is right where you are. You and me, the preacher and the follower, the president and the citizens, the king and the kingdom subjects. But there is one who cannot be condemned. There is one who cannot be condemned. There is one who cannot be locked down. There is one who cannot be confined. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Redeemer, the Creator of the world, the Savior of humanity, the one who died on the cross for our sins. And He said it is finished and human beings can now relate with God because Jehovah is God. This prophet of God who was known to be the solution maker all connected to God, he asked the question, what shall I do for you? Tell me. What shall I do for you? I have already told you that husbands have a password. What do you expect me to do? They tell their wives that. When they are told what is needed, no, we have not paid rent. The landlord came this morning. There's no food. We have no gas in the vehicles. We have not paid our mortgage. We have not honored our car payment. And all they stew in probably in base is what do you expect me to do? Elijah, Elisha asked this woman, what shall I do for you? And the prophetic unction and the anointing of God kicked in. And through the mouth of the prophet came these words. Tell me, what do you have in the house? I want you to know that this question really didn't make a lot of sense to this woman. Because that is the same house she has been living in. It is the same house she has raised her children. If there is anybody who knew what was in the house, she knew better than the prophet. And she came to the prophet from that house. She had left that house that morning or that afternoon to come to the prophet from the same house. And the prophet is now taking her mind back to the same house. And the question was, what do you have in that house? Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, men and women of God, there is something in the house. You have not worked for five months. You lost your job three months ago. You have been laid off three months now. And the truth is, we have made ourselves think that we live by our salaries, we live by our paychecks. But that's a lie from the devil. We live because Jehovah is still Jehovah Jireh. We lead because we live, not because of our jobs, not because of our businesses. That's what we think. That's what the enemy has made us think. That's what society makes you think, that if you have a job, you are secure. If you have a business, you are even more secure. If you have uh, investments, you are even better 
But let me tell you the truth, and I was not lying to you before. We have lied to ourselves that our jobs is what makes us stable. Now, what makes us stable is the sustaining power of Jehovah God in our lives. For without Him, we have no peace. Without Him, we have no hand. We have nowhere to go. There is something in the house, even when there is no job to go to. There is something that God can use and will use to get you out. You will not die of anger. I declared five weeks ago that your next address is not the graveyard. Your next address is not the cemetery. You are not dying. You are not going anywhere. What do you have in the house? And the woman looked at the prophet of God and said, you are made servant as nothing in the house. And that was the truth. I have nothing in the house. There is nothing that I can think of. There's nothing that I can figure out right now that would get me out of this debt. That would, get, that would end my adversity. That will finish my problem. That will end this trying moment that I find myself through. There is nothing I can think of. But there is something small. The only thing that we are remaining with right now in the house is a jar of oil. It reminds me of when Jesus was followed to the mountains and he told the multitudes until it was getting late. And he asked the disciples, where shall we get bread, money, bread to feed all these people? <laughs> and Philip says, 200 denarii worth of money or food cannot even feed these people. In other words, we don't have nothing. We don't have money to feed these people. And where will we get food anyway for all these people? But Andrew rises up and said, ha, in, this, in this difficult situation, in this helpless situation, there's a little boy. There's a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish. When they told Jesus that, he said, make the people sit down. When they identified what God can use to change the situation, when they identified what was available, then God, the God of multiplication, multiplied it. The little that you have will sustain you because God will multiply it. But if you cast what you have, it will never get you out of trouble. If all you have to do is to complain, and threaten, and curse, and complain, and blame people, and mama against what is going on, and think that there is no God who can get you out, then you will never, God will never open your eyes to see what is available to you to bring you advancement. You will not be able to advance through this adversity. You will never be able to make progress. You will never be able to succeed. You will never be able to move forward if you allow only what you can see. 
the emptiness you can see, the emptiness you can feel, the hopelessness that fills your mind and your heart. If you allow it to become the only thing that you can see and feel, your eyes will never be open to see the bottle in the house, the jar of oil, which is the miracle in the house. That brings me to this very strong statement. I want to say this as a servant of the Most High God, that the miracle is in the house. There must be a miracle in your house. The miracle is in the house. Just like this woman, the miracle is in the house. There is a God at home. Jehovah is waiting for you and is with you and with me at home. These are the instructions. When she said, I have a a jar of oil. Jesus told the disciples, make the people sit down. When he was told, there are five barley loaves and two small fish. During break time in heaven, I will ask God, I will ask Jesus, how he made the disciples convince a little boy to hand over his lunchbox. Because little boys are not that generous, especially when they are the only ones carrying something. I will ask Jesus how he convinced. When I was a young boy, a few years back, many years back, I was not that easily convinced to hand over my food for other people to enjoy it, not because I was gluttonous or I was bad, but boys want to know whether I will have another before I surrender what I have. At this point, when she said, I have a jar of oil, the prophet of God said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, and make sure that they are empty vessels, and do not gather a few. May I say to you, my brothers and sisters, it's time to identify something that is available to you, and ask God, the God of multiplication, to multiply it to you. To feed your family, to keep you going, to put gas in your vehicle, to pay your mortgage bills, to pay your rentals, or even to restart your business. Because there is something God can use. Is it a degree? Is it a diploma? Is it a certificate? What is it? Is it a vehicle that is seated in your house that you can lease it to Amazon for deliveries? Is it a car that you can use for Uber? There is something you can do. Is it a piece of ground that you can convert into a garden and plant some things? What is available to you, my brothers and sisters? What is available to you? I have seen Uber cars, cars that did Uber business in my country here in Kenya, converted into little grocery stores. 
Others, I don't know whether I should say this or not because I'm not hinting it to the police. They have been converted into little driving schools. They sell produce. They sell vegetables. They sell grain in those vehicles. That is identifying the jar of oil in your house. What is your jar? What is my jar? There is something you can do. There is something you can do. There is something you can lift to God and say, God, this is what I have in my house. This is what I have available to me. What is it? Lift it to God this morning. Lift whatever it is to God this morning. I'll say it again. Those who come from first world nations, if you can't use your car to go to work, you can sign up for Amazon deliveries or Walmart deliveries. You can use it for California deliveries. You can use it. You can UPS things. You can sign it up for FedEx or the post office. You can use it for deliveries. Oh, I have a PhD. I can't do that. I have a degree. I can't do that. Yeah. What do you have in the house? What is this that can push you through this adversity that we are going through? What is that thing? It's not everybody who has a car. It's not everybody who has a plane, small plane to fly out, Leojet. It's not everybody who has means. There are those who have no job, who can do business, who can't lease their cars. And like this woman, they don't know what to do. My answer to all of you that are listening to me today is you can advance through this adversity. You can advance through this adversity. You can move forward through this adversity. You can move forward. You can make progress. I stayed and restayed again and again that you can succeed in the name of the Lord. All you need to do is what do you is to find out what you have in the house. What is available to you? What is available to your husband? What is available to your wife? What do you have that God can use to turn things around in your family? To feed your kids? To clothe your kids? To put food on the table? To pay rentals and mortgage bills? She feared God but our children were to be auctioned. You fear God, but you're going through adversity. What is that that you have? Moses was asked by God, what is that in your hand? Chapter 4 of the book of Exodus. What is that in your hand? When he felt completely incapacitated, when he felt that there was nothing he could do, he was stammering. He had a very serious stammering problem. He could not finish ascendance. And God is calling him to go and deliver the children of Israel from bondage. From Egypt. Where he was a wounded man. He had a manda record on his head. He felt completely cornered. Like a rat, 
in the presence of four angry cats. He felt cornered. Moses felt cornered. At the thought of going back to Egypt, of God taking him back to Egypt. He didn't feel he had what it takes. Neither do you. Neither do you, my brother. 